Why is speech so crucial for human cooperation? And how exactly is it being distorted in this day and age? I'm Ismail Pai Civico, and this is The Civic Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to a new episode of the Civic Podcast. It feels good to be back. Honestly, it does. It's been a, a couple of months now, maybe three months, that I haven't posted any episodes. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram at the civic.space, you should know that. Well, or maybe you don't know, but I, I did have a, a, an unfortunate accident and my speech got quite distorted. It's still not fully recovered, though, so I wasn't entirely sure when I was going to come back and, uh, and record another episode. But, um, I mean, I should fully recover, let's say, from it in, in around uh, October. But, yeah, I mean, after some feedback, people told me that they couldn't really notice uh, any distortion in my speech. So I said, well, I, I do still notice it, so it's, it's still a bit weird for me to, uh, to actually speak, especially in a podcast. But um, if people don't notice it, then might as well just get back on, onto the podcasting because it's something that I really do enjoy doing. And there are a lot of things going on now that we really, really do need to speak about. Or not now specifically, but have been going on for ages and that need to be a little bit more clarified uh, with people that are interested in those topics. And, well, that's just a, a little recap a bit why I've been absent for the past two months, let's say, two or three months. But now we will be getting back again. So we will be trying to do in again the bi-weekly episodes on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. So this episode is being recorded today on Tuesday and it will be uploaded uh, later tonight. And as you can see from the title... Um, I do want to speak about speech a little bit because we all hear about the culture wars. Now, is that a specific term we're supposed to keep using? Maybe yes, maybe no. That's not really today what we're going to speak about. But but one thing that I have noticed quite a bit is the battle over speech. It's the battle over definitions. It's the battle over rules, over customs, over general culture, let's say. So in some sense, you could say culture wars because... I think the basis of culture, the most important thing about cultures is communication, is speech. That's how people cooperate. That's how people get together and manage to set a common goal and manage to speak with each other and socialize and therefore create a society. And when that society is created, then you have a culture that, that emerges through the free cooperation between those individuals in that certain society. And that's generally how culture works in some ways. And of course, for, for that to work, you need speech, you need language. You need people to be able to communicate between them. And what constitutes language? Well, you have grammar and you have general vocabulary. And the vocabulary, you have definitions, right? And a, a big thing I am seeing nowadays is the constant change in definitions of things. So if you have arbitrary changes of specific words, of definitions by specific people, then that, of course, that will give them the upper hand inside the conversation because they just make up their own words and then you don't even know what they're saying or you're not understanding each other because you maybe have other definitions for those same words and through their criterias or in their perspective, they have won that debate because of course they are speaking their own language and if they make up their own rules about cooperation and language and speech and dialogue, then of course they are going to win in their own minds. They're going to win that debate. And we can make a discussion whether language is purely subjective or objective. I mean, 
uh, objectivity in essence com comes from subjectivity because objectivity is something that has been agreed upon by humans, right? The word specific things. Why? I mean, if you're listening on the podcast, but why is this called a glass? Well, it's called a glass because people agree that this is called a glass. Maybe there's specific history behind it or why it's called a glass, but this is objectively true. This is a glass. It's not subjective. It's not because people have decided that this is called a glass. Now, this is not called a table, right? There's a reason for it. Because if we call this a table, then people will not understand each other when some people think it's called thinks it's called a glass and other people it's called a table. But that's a bit me getting into a into a small loophole on what I mean by people not being able to understand each other. It's because you said, can I please have the glass? So well, no, but that's a table. How can I give you the class if you're speaking about a table? And that goes through a lot of things. One example I can give you, a more recent example, is the definition of anti-vax, right? So anti-vax five years ago, not even, two years ago, one year ago even, before vaccines were even available for people. Anti-vax were generally the people that were against vaccination. And this is as old as, vaccine, as vaccines actually exist. A lot of people have been anti-vax for a long time, but the only difference is that's be that before the people that were anti-vax were hippies, let's say, on the left, that didn't want the kids to get vaccinated. Hippies living in California basically, or or in any very, very liberal, uh, not liberal again, uh, I'm not going to say liberal. Uh, I, I hate using the the anglophone term of liberal because that's not really my definition of liberalism, but but regardless of it, people, really, people that don't believe in medicine, that don't believe in science, and were just anti-vax, right? That's the general definition, people that don't want to get vaccinated. Now the term anti-vax, I'm and I'm speaking about definitions that have been changed in dictionaries, right? I think uh, Merriam-Webster actually changed the definition of anti-vax to this definition I'm going to give you now. So it's not just that, what I just said before, but it's also saying also those are against vaccine mandates or any measure imposed by government um, by using vaccines, essentially. So so if, if, if you're against or being forced to get a vaccine you don't want to have, that makes you anti-vax. And that is that is not at all what anti-vax means or should mean. But that's a definition they changed to put a label on the people that were against vaccine mandates and were against government-led mandates to, let's say, have a negative connotation to that term, anti-vax, as it should. Anti-vax should, should have a sort of negative connotation to it because vaccines have saved lives of millions of people throughout, uh, th throughout the ages. Well, viruses nowadays um, or diseases nowadays that used to kill people on a daily basis, like thousands of people. Now we don't even see them in in advanced countries where vaccines are actually available, right? Same thing. To, same thing with COVID, with the biggest waves, the second uh, wave and the third wave. Because of vaccines, the mortality rate plummeted. It was it was very very low thanks to vaccines, and that is a fact, right? The only issue is that not everyone was in need of the vaccine. People that needed vaccines are mainly people in the older people, let's say, that are extremely vulnerable to the virus, and people with uh, with pathologies, with previous pathologies, with medical issues, they also needed the vaccines, right? And now you're having pushing kids to get vaccinated, where essentially other diseases, like even the flu, is a lot more deadlier for kids. I'm, I'm saying for kids specifically, and not for older people. For kids... It's more deadlier than COVID itself. So kids really have no issues with COVID. The only thing was, is what I, it was actually to propagate COVID. So that was the initial argument. So I was saying, okay, 
kids should get vaccinated so they don't propagate the virus to their grandparents or their family or any elderly people, which was a fair point at that point. Yes, maybe there can be a case made for kids to get vaccinated if that actually prevented them from actually infecting other people with the virus. Problem was, a few months later, we saw, no, actually getting the vaccine does not stop you from propagating the virus at all, actually. <laughs> so what actually is the point of getting them vaccinated if in any case you're still going to propagate it to, to the elderly or to your family? Um, and this at the beginning, again, why I want to focus a bit more on speech is because we come again to the idea of conspiracy theory. And the people that were saying at the beginning that even if you get the vaccine, you can still propagate the vaccine were labeled as conspiracy theorists. And that was, again, showed, demonstrated a few months later saying, no, wait a second, if you get vaccinated, actually, you still can propagate the vaccine. Same thing comes with the actual provenance of the virus itself, that it came, we all know it came from Wuhan, but we don't actually know how it came or from where it came, apart from the geographical area in China from where it came from. Now, people that were saying, me included, or at least a hypothesis that I had was, what if it comes from the lab in Wuhan? That is called the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. <laughs> I mean, and this is not conspiracy theories. These are just hypotheses or questions people ask themselves. And every question is valid until you have an actual answer, an actual factual answer. For instance, the conspiracy theory of the Earth is flat. Before Galileo, it was a very, well, normal thing to ask yourself, what is the Earth? What shape does it have? And if you do not have the answer that the Earth is actually round, then everything is possible. It could be a triangle. It could be an hectagon can be flat it can be anything you want it to be because you don't know the answer you don't know and everything needs to be thought of and needs to be tried out and see okay what actually is the answer to this right now we have enough facts and data to know that the earth is in fact not flat i'm sorry if you're a flat earther but that is just the truth and that is the fact uh, you do your own research if you like so again that today can be considered a conspiracy theory why because we have the facts to know that the earth is indeed not flat right so saying that it is flat, that is a, a conspiracy theory. Saying at the time, a year ago, that the virus could have, could have emerged in a lab. I'm not saying it was propagated intentionally, on purpose, that someone created it to, to kill the whole of mankind. That, that is not my point. I'm saying that it's a possibility that it came from there. Now, how I actually escaped, I don't know. Maybe it was a, well an issue they had there i don't know i don't know how it escaped really that's not much of my concern right now my only concern is how people actually define terms and how people want to label other people in order to well let's say um for defamation purposes mainly um and make the word less credible and legitimate than it should be like happening now with joe rogan for instance uh i can speak about joe rogan in a bit but i i, I really want to go over this idea of conspiracy theory right so that's another definition that's been completely changing and this is not specifically written definitions it's just the general conception of what people have of conspiracy theories right or saying at the time that masks did not work now we know that for the omicron variant variant sorry is that cloth masks do not work for omicron people were saying that cloth masks didn't work a long time ago was said, you, well, were being said, you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, th uh, theorist you're anti-vax, you're, you're, you don't believe in COVID, you don't believe in this, you don't believe in that. And the thing is that we have enough data for the past two years now that we've had COVID. Two years, 2022? Yeah, nearly two years, nearly two years that we've had COVID. 
or you even you can even say now because actually most now in Milan on the 15th of February so two years ago uh, in Europe in any case in Europe in China it became a bit um, it came a bit earlier I've had two years of data and facts about COVID we know who it affects how it affects them and how to protect them that we know we know who it doesn't affect and what it has done to economies around the world what it has done to mental health to young people specifically people that started university two years ago that are going to finish university without even going to class, without even meeting their teachers, meeting their classmates, without having any social interaction with anyone. People with less financial possibilities, let's say, living in small 20-meter-square apartments in the center of sit in, in city centers that weren't even able to leave or to have a jog during the first lockdowns, right? These were big issues. And later on, we found out that most of these things really had no impact whatsoever they had no impact but if you said anything against it then you were a conspiracy theorist or then you didn't believe in covid or you were anti-vax or anti-mandate or whatever and these are how words are being used to defame people and definitions keep changing right so that's one example about the anti-vax and, and a little rant about what's happening on covid and if how people actually start to define the speech of what they are saying right now they can actually win the game of cooperation because if you have specific definitions for your terms and your vocabulary and I have other definitions for my for the terms and the vocabulary we are not speaking the same language we aren't speaking the same language whatsoever because words mean something a plant is a plant I'm saying a plant because I have one behind me so if you say this is a plant we both know what we're speaking about we know we're not speaking about a table because we have a plant in front of us and those are definitions. Same thing goes for the definition of biological sexes for male and female. Those definitions have been changed again because now we say, oh, we don't know what defines a female. Well, biologists would disagree, right? And that's to go a bit into the uh, transgender issue in, in, in some sense. But again, we can. there is a debate between gender, let's say, right? So what actually defines masculinity, what defines femininity? That's not to say that a woman can't be masculine and a man can't be feminine, right? That is to say there are objective biological truths is that you have the female body and the male body. And intersex, people, oh, but you have the intersex. First of all, that's like 0.01% of the population in the world and they still are one sex or the other. They just have a deformation with their um, reproductive organs and may possess parts of both in some sense but the chromosomes remain xy or xx right they're not both women and man at the same time right uh, so that's usually the counter argument when it comes to intersex people but then again there's a very very small proportion of that and you're not going to use a very marginal case to actually create a big general uh, a big generalization uh, of the whole of biology since it has been if anyone's been in primary school then they've studied a minimum of biology and and they know a bit what constitutes male male organs and what constitutes a male and what constitutes a female and how what you actually need for reproduction and who can reproduce and who cannot reproduce and so on and so forth so those are words that are being completely distorted right now and that people don't really know what what to speak about or how to speak with each other and the whole issue behind this is that that's the point the whole point of changing definitions of words is to confuse people is so people either are reluctant to speak about something or say oh wait a second I thought this meant something, now does it mean the same thing? I mustn't comment on it because maybe, I don't know, I will look stupid or people will not take me seriously on that specific topic. I mean, 
of course, that's a fair point to make. You do not want to say something that will make you necessarily sound stupid, but I highly advise against that because, again, you learn by committing, by making mistakes. Um, so if you learn by making mistakes, try and make mistakes. Of course, don't deliberately make mistakes, but if you do them along the way, then that's fine. You learn from them and you can progress and you can grow and, um, and every day you learn a new thing. But my problem is here that these ideas, these definitions have really been created with a malicious intent, with the intent of not letting people to socialize, to dialogue, to speak with each other, to understand what they mean and how they mean it specifically. Some pseudo academics or scientists, whatever, start to come up with these complicated words to make it seem like it's something too far-fetched, not sorry, something too complicated for you even to grasp or to understand the actual depth of it. But in essence, in reality, it's just pseudoscience with no backing of data whatsoever, things that people invent along the way. It, how it comes with racism. The way I've always understood racism is active discrimination against a specific group of people because of their skin color, right? Negative discrimination in some sense uh, at the time, right? And now the term has changed. So racism is no longer anymore a racist person acting racist against a specific group of people because of their skin color. Racism now can only be, let's say, um, can only be from white people. So first of all, racism only, the problem of racism is only from white people. You can't have racism from brown or black people, right? Of course, then they've never been to Africa or what with intertribal warfare, let's say, because of racism, essentially, in, in lots of ways, not just because of skin color, but also because of ethnicity, of culture, of religion, of all of that, right? So that's another definition uh, of racism that people start to not understand as much. And now, because they knew they were doing racism, then they went to positive discrimination and discrimination, but it's, it's still racism. That's still a term that is completely viable today and people understand what they mean by it. The problem is that if you keep changing the term of that word, at the end, it will hold no meaning. And we all know that. It's like, we say, oh, he's a fascist. I've heard the term fascist so much to, to describe classic liberals or just even moderate conservatives that in the end, what does the term even mean anymore? Like, we all know what it means. Fascism is Mussolini. That, that's fascism. Hitler, that was Nazism, which is a sub subcategory of fascism let's say in some way uh not so by making it inferior less bad no subcategory because it derived from fascism from one of the main ideas of it and uh, the supremacy of a race and that kind of uh, and that kind of nonsense so again who comes up with these terms i'm going to tell you who, who comes up with the terms or who should come up with the terms and that is society that is culture we agree among ourselves through discussion through cooperation what the terms mean and that has been going on for hundreds and thousands of years how language has evolved and now because a, a couple people come on and say no okay this term means that because i say so well I'm, I'm sorry it doesn't really work that way terms of hate speech that's another that that's another perfect example of hate speech hate speech the way i well the way most people used to think about hate speech is when you actively speak against a specific group of people because of who they are. So again, it can be sexual orientation, gender, skin color, religion, etc. 
uh, four negative ends, four nefarious ends, let's say, to attack them, something like that. So an active call to violence of hate speech. But now, hate speech can be something as, I believe there are two genders. Or, I believe there are two biological sexes, to come back to the gender issue and, um, and biological issue. Again, there is discussion around it. I'm not saying there's no hate speech against the LGBTQ plus community. There is, and quite a bit of it. I am saying that generally hate speech, there needs to be intention behind it. And most of what I am seeing nowadays is that people are being accused of hate speech for asking simple questions or wanting to understand specific things. And if this continues like that, people will be very reluctant to speak about what they want to speak about. People will be scared to ask questions just for, because they're scared of being called racist or a fascist or being accused of hate speech. Of course, those are the worst things someone can be, a fascist and a racist. Those are the worst things someone can be. And if, if you're afraid of being called that, then it's completely normal that you're afraid of asking questions. It is normal. And the problem is that that's the whole intent. The whole intent is that some spe a specific group of people have been trying to distort language, create their own definitions for it, so they can use it however they want. They can use those words however they want and they can apply them whenever they want. The problem with that is that we no longer speak the same language, that we can no longer communicate what we think, we can no longer cooperate. And that really is a bad thing for culture and for society. Because if, if, if cooperation is only dictated by a very, very small minority of people, then you do not have the point of view of the vast majority of the others that are being essentially silenced by the monopoly of language and how it is being, and how it's being distorted at this point. And that's really what I wanted to come at. I think we need to be, that's why I'm very, very careful also uh, with language, with speech, with vocabulary, with grammar. I try to write correctly, to speak correctly, of course, with a lot, a lot of mistakes that happens to everyone, especially in my speech. A lot of time when I'm podcasting, I say French or Spanish words without even realizing it, thinking they're the same thing in English or something like that. And of course, I make a lot of mistakes in English. And when I speak any other language or when I write in English also, you make a lot of mistakes. That is fine if they're not intentional. Right. If they're not intentional, someone will say, okay, look, listen, you made a mistake here, that's fine. And you can actually improve that for the next time. And you know what mistake you actually made. Problem is now, is that all of this is intentional. Is that there's an intent to change speech and to essentially make people shut up, not being able to discuss the important matters of our society, specifically now, mainly about the anti-vax issues. Again, about the anti-vax. I am for vaccines. I think people should get vaccinated, especially the elderly and the people with, uh, with previous pathologies. They should get vaccinated. That will save them from COVID. That will save them from having really, really bad effects from COVID and from being hospitalized and essentially from dying in the vast majority. If you were Dovax at the time, you had one chance between in 27,000 of actually dying from COVID. Do the math, that is a very, very, very small percentage. Or out of all the kids that caught COVID not being vaxxed, an even smaller percentage of that actually died from it, right? So, uh, so again, but I don't think either that vaccine mandate should be imposed on kids or on people that essentially COVID is, well, has no effect on in, uh, in a small general manner. And by my own definition of what I believe between, behind the vaccine mandates and the vaccines themselves, even though I'm very pro-vaccine, I think people should get vaccinated of all the bad stuff there is out there and vaccines have have saved human 
civilization for quite a long time again with for diseases and viruses that have been around for ages and then we just completely obliterated uh, because of a vaccine and that is a beautiful thing and it's an amazing thing that science has actually achieved to do but now anti-vax means something else anti-vax doesn't mean anti-vaccine means anti-mandates means skepticism towards government it means to ask yourself the questions you shouldn't ask yourself and that is how they try to reduce your speech or your thoughts or well, stopping people from actually discussing important matters and try to get to the bottom of everything, try to get to the truth, trying to get to the important things. And that's really it, essentially. Uh, I don't want to make this episode too long, as it is my first one uh, this year, so I do need to get a little bit more used to, um, well, get back on track, let's say, with the podcasting and with the episodes. But what what we should take out of this is that you need to be very, very careful with language, with vocabulary. Words mean something. Words are not subjective. They are dictionaries for a reason. And you say, oh, well, the people change definitions in the dictionary. Yes, that, that, that's the whole problem. <laughs> because they have been arbitrarily changed by a small minority of people with specific political goals. And they're changing speech to fit a political agenda. That is my problem. And speech does not evolve that way. Speech evolves through culture, through time, between people. Right? People discuss things. They they made up sounds for for specific words, sorry, for specific objects, and then those objects were given a word through a common and general consensus, a majority consensus of the society. There's no majority consensus now. There's no majority that has agreed on these new definitions of the terms, and that's a problem. That's a big problem. And I want to leave it there. So get back to uh, to general civic space. So this year we will be doing. Uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll get trying to really get back on track with the two weekly episodes and do a lot more content, a lot more, a lot more written content. If you haven't seen the last article I posted, uh, it was about the death of God, essentially. I forgot the exact title of it, but I speak about the death of God. So you can go and check that out on our website, which is the civic, the civic And a few more articles will be coming, will be coming on there. Um, episodes, of course, bi-weekly on Tuesdays and Thursdays, both of the times. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it now. I hope my speech is not that distorted through the microphone. I hope it isn't. And we can you can hear me as you used to hear me before, uh, before in 2021. Um, but And that's really much it. I really do hope you all enjoy this episode. And please think about speech. Be careful with your words. Be careful with grammar. I mean, I, I wouldn't bother too much about grammar. I mean, grammar, whatever, right? But vocabulary. That's important. Words mean something. Words have definitions. Use the correct words for the correct things you want to describe or the things you want to communicate. I think that is extremely important. And I think I will leave with that today with those little ending notes. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I'm Ismael Pai Civico, and this was The Civic Podcast.